Oh, yeah. Good morning. Oh, all right. I love an applause. Toph, thanks for getting that started. Good morning. Good to see everybody. Uh, Pastor Kelly was right. Like, we worked out on Thursday, and uh, we did every kind of crawl. Inchworm, bear crawl, sideways bear crawl, cheetah crawl. Turns out our bears are faster than our cheetahs which I don't understand that. Nature does not agree with us there. But the weirdest thing is, is I found that there's muscles in my neck that are more sore. And I'm like, what did I do to do that? Anyway, you know, the thing is, is when you're, when you're exercising like that, you get to a point where you're just so exhausted that you have to lay down. I mean, that's just like, that's the point. Like, you're going so hard, and my wife turns beet red. I don't. I was joking about this. I don't look like I'm working hard, except for when I die. Then you will know that I worked that hard. Um, but she, like, you just turn red, you're sweating, and you, you fall down into the point where you just can't even move, right? Like, that is this type of working out. Sometimes I feel like that's how life is for us, Right? Don't you ever feel like you're just sprinting so hard through life just to get from one thing to the next thing to the next thing that you just keel over, red face, sweat? Like you just, you, that's, how, that's how life can be. And so this series, Margin, what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks is going to look at maybe how we create a little space in our life. Like how do we, how do we create some space in our life that allows us to live the life that God intended us to live rather than one where we just are working so hard that we're crawling like a bear and an inchworm and a cheetah from one thing to the next. I had this professor in my undergraduate studies, and he, uh, he was a really smart guy. I was at Whitworth, and, and uh, they, I was in the history department for part of my studies, and so he was a really smart guy. Like, he was kind of quirky, though. You know, professors are usually like that, like really brilliant but really quirky. And uh, like, the, for example... Uh, it was not Pakistan, it was Pakistan, which I've heard is actually the correct way of pronouncing it, right? Is that true, Chris? Yeah, and so, but I'm like, but no one else says that, so please stop, <laughs> right? Like, that's what I wanted to say to him. Like, you know, he's just up there lecturing about Pakistan, and I couldn't hear anything else he was saying, because he was just saying it that way, and so, um, but he, he was preparing us for our first paper, and I had him for many classes, uh, and the first class that I had him for was like a survey of American history. And so he's giving us the criteria for, for what this paper will be graded on. And he's given us all the, all the normal things, conventions, voice, uh, you know, just the things that you would normally expect to be graded in a college-level paper, except for one thing. He said, if you don't do this one thing, you will automatically receive one grade letter lower than whatever you've earned with what you write. And so we're all like, okay, well, this has got to be important, right? And, and so he pulls out a ruler, and he says, I need the margins on your paper to be exactly one inch on all sides, and I will measure them. And I thought to myself, man, you've got way too much time on your hands, <laughs> right? Like, don't you think to yourself, like, if you're going to write a paper, like the content, even word counts and page lengths, all of that, I've always thought that that's kind of a, a nonsense way to grade a paper because if it doesn't meet the content criteria, regardless of how many pages or how few pages or how many words or words that you do or don't write, if it doesn't explain what you're trying to explain, then you haven't done your job, let alone like measuring the margins. And sure enough, 
Thank goodness my parents taught me to follow directions because he would have these people and they would get their paper back and they would just be dumbfounded and it was like 1.1. You know how you can just adjust the margins on your, on your document? It's like 1.1, you forgot to go all the way to 1.0 and he, you know, he's measuring them and I was like, man, too much time on your hands. But sometimes that's how we exist. Like we're just out there, we're measuring the margin in our life because it's so finite. Right? There's so little of it that we have to figure out exactly how much there is in order that we might fill it with all the other stuff that we have to get to. And that's just not how God designed us to live. That's what this series is going to be about. We're not going to live life by the ruler. We're going to live life with some margin, and we're going to talk about why that's important. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's John 10.10, and we looked at that last week. Pastor Kelly talked about the type of life, the word study, which I was so nerded out about too. Thanks for that. Like us nerds, we stick together, Pastor Kelly and I. And uh, I was so nerded out by it because I loved that, you know, there's many words in the Greek, or three, right, that you, that you were talking about that describe or are translated to life, but this particular one was zoe. And it means to have like the, the vitality of life, not full in the sense when he says, come to have life to the full, not so busy that you can't fit everything else in, but to have a vitality, a meaning, and a purpose in life that matters, that makes it valuable and worth living, right? Like God's not going to get, when you get to heaven, he's not going to pull out the, the ruler and like, you didn't fill that time with reading your Bible more. You didn't fill that time with evangelizing. I've got this, you were at 1.1, not 1.0. He's not going to do that. Once you have life that is full of meaning and purpose, and a meaning and purpose that follows his design. He has come that we may have life to the full, but we're not very good at that, are we? We're not very good at creating margins so that we can have the type of life that God has designed us to have. In fact, sociologists have actually identified this syndrome or this sickness, as they call it. It's called Hurry sickness. Anybody in here feel like they have hurry sickness sometimes? I know I do. In fact, we're going to take a poll here, and I'm going to ask you to respond by just raising your hand. This will identify, quite possibly, help you identify likely that you have some form of hurry sickness. So if this is you, I want you to raise your hand boldly. No lying in church, okay? You should know that by now. So ladies, this one's for you, first of all. Have you ever put on makeup while driving? Okay, right? So some of us, like, not enough time to get it on before you leave? Probably too much of a hurry, right? Gentlemen, have you ever changed a clothing garment in the car? Yeah. Oh, yep, right? That, that happens, right? Like, you you're just didn't give yourself enough time, so you, you had to make it happen in the car. Or how about this? What does a yellow light mean to you? Does it mean slow down? Or does it mean hurry up? All right, so far more on the hurry upside. I'm kind of an angry driver. Pastor Kelly can attest to that. It is much more about hurry up for me. Have you, have you ever felt like a microwave isn't fast enough? <laughs> like, come on, what is happening? Minute 30? Why can't it be a minute? How about this? Do you ever 
choose the lane you're going to drive in based on the model. Lindsay's like, I already, she's like, I don't even know what he's asking, but hands up. Have you ever changed or chosen the lane you're driving based on the model and year and condition of the car or the age of the driver in the car? Oh, guilty people all over the place, right? This last one, I'm very guilty of, and Thea will attest to this. Do you ever choose the grocery line? based off of how many people or how many items are in the cart? Anybody? Okay, now let's take it a step further. This is where the real guilty get going. Do you ever mark the person in the line that you thought about going to and you compare your progress to the progress that they're making? Okay, now I do that and then I'm like so mad at the checker when the person's, I'm like, stop talking to them, do your job. Like, like physically angry inside because they're not getting it done. We've, we've created <laughs> this, this hurry sickness. It's, it's been identified. It's a sociological term now. That means it's not uncommon. It's very common. It means it happens a lot, and it happens to us far too often. Why? Why do we do that, though? I think it's because we value being busy. Right? We value, we've placed a value as, as Americans in our culture today, we've placed a value on being busy. In fact, I wanted to get one, I couldn't find it, but I wanted to get a badge, just busy, just like give somebody the busy badge. The person who raised their hand for most of those, that was the person who was going to have to wear, like we, like we wear it like a badge of honor, right? In my case, we had Royal Rangers, but there was Awanas or, or Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, like you got a badge for earning something, like most of us would be like, yeah busy badge. <laughs> right? That's what we do. We value it. And we choose that. And I, and I think that the thing that, that's happening is we've forced so many um, things that are not meaningless, but that are less important than the things that we should be doing. We fill our time with so many things that we could do or, or, or should do, but we don't always get to the things that we must do, especially in context of being a Christ follower. We choose busy. We don't give ourselves enough margin. I looked at a couple stats that were sort of scary, and I'm going to put them up there for you. The first one is this. People, on average, sleep two and a half hours less per night than they did 100 years ago. That's almost 1,000 hours a year of less sleep per person in this room. That's crazy, right? That's the time in which your body says, I'm recharging. Like, no wonder we're more sick or more unhealthy, right? The work week is longer than it's ever been. We're working more hours because of that busy badge. Like, you've ever, you, <laughs> I'm guilty of this. This is, like, I told Pastor Kelly, time out for a second. I told him this week, I said, this has been really great for me because I am preaching to myself on this one. Like, big time, this this time I'm preaching to myself. And so, have you ever heard someone say, when, when you ask them, how you doing? And they say, good, busy. Right? Because, because we're too busy. We're working more than we've ever worked before. Uh, statistics say that there's approximately 36 hours of work on a person's desk before they even get to the office on Monday. 36. And we're supposed to work 40 hours a week? or less. I believe Washington State says 32 hours a week is a full-time job. Guess you better figure it out, <laughs> right? 
Technology has actually, I, I would argue this, I would argue that technology has made it, has made us be more efficient at doing more of what we don't need to do, not more efficient at doing less. It has made us more capable of fitting more into our schedule, not more capable of taking less time at work. Right? Like, that's always the thing. I'm, I'm going to be so organized, right? Like, we get these iPhones, and you can do everything from your iPhone. Like, you can just, but we just end up doing more with it. We're not doing less more efficiently. We're just fitting more. We're finding ways to fit more into our schedule. The hurry sickness is happening. So there's a search for margin, right? Because in Job, like Job recognized this in the Bible. In Job 3.26, he says, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Wow. Like, doesn't it feel like that sometimes? It's not always like that. But there have been times in life where it just feels like I've got no peace, no quietness, no rest. And that's not, how it's, that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how God designed us to be. So there's this search for margin. In fact, um, Google is the number one used search engine on the internet. And the, the, part of the research has showed that the reason is, is because there's so much margin. Right? You go to different search engines and you look and there's uh, episodes of, of your favorite show to watch and your email and this and that. And, and Google has just said, no, but what people really want is they just want simple. They're searching for simple, easy, full of margin. So even though we, we wear this busy badge, like we really are seeking, we're, we're, we're internally desiring margin. We just don't know how to get there. And so what we want to do through these next four weeks is sort of look at what margin is and how uh, God has valued it, how he has designed you to, to live with a little bit of margin in your life and how you might get there. So it, it may feel really practical to you, but I'm going to tell you this, like the more you understand it, the more you internalize it, you'll realize that there's some very important things God's trying to do and because you have no margin, you can't do it. Because you have no margin, he can't do it. And so I want us to think about these two things throughout these next four weeks as we look at this series. The first one is this. What is margin? And I've defined it for you. It's margin. Well, I didn't define it, but it was defined by someone much smarter than me. <laughs> I just put it up there for you. Margin is the space that is available beyond what is already taken. Margin is the space that is available beyond what is already taken. Some of us, actually all of us, but they look differently, have non-negotiables. Work, right? You got to work. Somebody in your household has to provide so that you can have things, right? Kids, <laughs> they really are non-negotiable. <laughs> I promise you, young families, that sometimes we think differently, but there's some non-negotiables, but there's, there's there's things that we do, in fact, a lot of what we do actually are in the negotiable category, and it just depends on what you choose to do, what, what you do with the space that is available beyond what is already taken. I would ask you to sit down and really think about, and you can do this very easily, just look at your schedule. Look at your schedule for the week or the day and, and just see, I have this, 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 and this. How much margin do I really have? 
right? Like if you're going to sleep the eight to nine hours a night that doctors recommend, so you take that out and then you decide, like, where else do I have margin in my life? Because sleep is not margin. (laughs) Sleep is also a non-negotiable, regardless of how we feel in today's age, right? And then the second thing I want you to consider is this, is what is what is having margin look like in my life? What, is it, what does it look like when you have margin? What are the traits that you might feel or, or live with when you have a little bit more margin in your life? And I've identified four that I want to share with you because I think they're very valuable to you. They're very valuable. And so this one, the first one is this. You, you have more peace. You have more peace in your life when you create margin. When you create space in your life for things that aren't already taken, right? For the time that's not already committed. You're going to have more peace. The second thing is this. You're going to likely have better health because you're going to be able to do things like exercise and prepare meals that are actually good for you or at least find out what that looks like. You're not going to be as stressed. You're not going to be as worried. You're not going to be running around um, wondering how am I going to get to the next thing on time. Right? So you're going to have better health. You're going to have stronger relationships. You know, you're going to have more time for the people in your life that matter, that God has called you to be part of, your, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers. I'm, I'm amazed sometimes at how many people don't consider that God has really placed you in your workplace to be in relationship and to be an example to those people. Right? Sometimes it feels... Like it's laborious, like we're, like we're wondering how, God, how do you have me here in this, in this place? But, but we get to have relationships, and if you're constantly stressed and not feeling well and wondering, ah, and you, you just, you're not going to be able to connect with those people. So you're going to have stronger relationships. The fourth thing is, this is the most important thing for sure, is you're going to be available to God. And specifically, you're going to be available for him to do new and better things in and through you. God wants to to do something new in your life. He wants to do something better in your life. He wants to do something new through your life, and he wants to do something better through your life. But if you're not available, if you're not available for him to do those things, and you're not living the Zoe life. You're living the busy life. You're not living the full life. There's two things that really highlight the importance of margin, and then I want to talk a little bit about this scripture that, that Jesus um, gives to us. And, and, and this, is, this is the first one. We all have limits, right? So we've been, we're talking about this idea that that there has to be margin, but the solution is not to add more time or energy to your day. It's not possible, right? Pastor Kelly says this all the time. We all have the same amount of time in the day. It's just a question of how do we use it. That's the only difference, right? We all have the exact same amount of time in the day. We have limits. We can't be everything we want to be, right? That's like the greatest lie that Americans believe in, that you can just do and be whatever you want, you cannot be more than God designed you to be, right? You can't be everything. Uh, Muhammad Ali, great fighter, uh, very, you know, fun, playful, borderline arrogant personality, right? He was getting on an airplane one time, 
And the, and the flight attendant said, uh, can you please fasten your seatbelt? And he, of course, with his personality said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. <laughs> and so she, she looks at him with great wit and says, Superman don't need no airplane. Buckle your seatbelt. Right? Even Muhammad Ali, like the greatest fighter of his time, he had limits, and they were recognized. The second thing is this. You will have problems. You will have problems. Not a single person in here is like, I've got, I've got a problem with that. You're wrong, Pastor Rick. We all have problems. In fact, Dennis Miller does a great comedy sketch. He says, uh, the first time that you, that you don't have a problem... Uh, is, is, is when you are dead. And he talks about it specifically when he's relating them to red lights. He talks about a funeral procession, right? Like the first time in your life you don't have to stop at a red light is when you're dead and they're driving your funeral procession through all of the red lights, right? Like that's the first time that you don't have to deal with that, right? So you will have problems and they will get in the way. The question is, do you have the margin to deal with them. The truth is, and Pastor Kelly mentioned this earlier, even Jesus recognized the need for margin. I want to read you a scripture from Mark chapter 6. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught, right? Like they're like, Jesus, look what we did. Busy badge warriors. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even, ha- they did not even have a chance to eat, can relate there, right? He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, if you read on, it didn't happen. <laughs> they, they did get some food, but they had a whole bunch of people following them. But the point is, is Jesus recognized. He said, let's go get some rest. All of us have limits, and we will all have problems. Even Jesus recognized that, that we need rest. Luckily for us, It's not up to us by ourselves to carry the burden of life. And this is the the core scripture for for today, and I just want to read it to you. You're probably very familiar with it. We talked about it in our last series as well. It's Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's really good news. You see, creating margin allows the freedom to go the direction that Jesus is going. And when you go the direction that Jesus is going, he will carry the burden. Right? If you understand what a yoke is, they used to take two, two animals, likely oxen, and they put one component on them, a yoke, and, they would, and it would keep them together so they were bearing the load together, right? keeping them side by side. And Jesus is using that description because he's saying, listen, I want you to be right beside me. I want you to stay with me. But guess what? I will bear the burden. That's really, really good news. So when we yoke up to Jesus, he says, I will give you rest. He's designed us to have some margin because he does want to do new and better things 
in and through our lives. He wants to do those things, but we have to give him the space. So instead of trying to pull the weight of life on our backs and go a different direction, Jesus says, I'm going this direction, come with me and I will carry that burden for you so that we can do the things that really matter. I was telling the, the band and the tech team today as we, as we met, Pastor Kelly asked us a really great question. What do you expect from today? And I said, my hope is, is that people would leave with a license, for lack of a better term, to do less in order that they might do the more important. I don't want you to be busy. I want you to live the Zoe life, to have meaning and purpose behind what you're doing. And that could take some work. And so I want to give you three things that you can do that will help create this margin, that will get you hopefully on the right track, okay? And so the first one is this. I want you to plan margin into your schedule. I want you to plan it into your schedule. If you don't schedule now, start. But whatever you do, take some time and create margin. Create a space that is not occupied because you're either going to have a problem or you're going to have something come up that you want to do. And more importantly, you're going to have things that God will start to do in your life that are going to require you to have some margin. And over the weeks to come, we're going to talk about like spiritual margin and physical margin. We're going to look at what each of these elements look like. But today is just the, I guess, the opening statement, the, the, the plea to create margin in your life. So create margin. It's, it's like having a Sabbath, right? Jesus was talking to the religious leaders because they were getting on him about working on the Sabbath. And, and, Jesus, and Jesus just does this amazing job. He just basically tells him, he says, listen, I'm God. I, I don't need the rest. I don't need you to worship me. I'm doing this for your benefit. The Sabbath is for your benefit, not mine. Because God doesn't need anything from us. And so the religious leaders took the Sabbath and they said, don't work on the Sabbath because we need to give that to God. He needs that from us. And, 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 and Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm doing this for your benefit. And so I want you to ask this essential question as you go throughout your week. What gives you life? All right, we fill our schedule with all of the necessities or things that we feel like are necessary. But do you have any room for the stuff that actually breathes life back into you? Ask that question and figure out how you might work that into your life. Plan for margin in your schedule. The second thing is this. Prune your activities. You'll have your schedule in front of you, and now you have to decide what are the non-negotiables, and what do I have a little bit of room to get rid of? Uh, You can do a diagram, right? You can do a four-square diagram. What are the must-dos? What are the should-dos? What are the could-dos? And what are the must-not-dos? Right? Like if you made that and you actually looked at it, I would imagine that we would have, sometimes we'd have a hard time like, I feel like I need to do this, but actually, no, life will go on. Right? Life will go on without these things, but I really need to do these things and they need to be moved from the should do to the must do. And and you'll just have a better sense of what your your week and what your margin might look like. Um, Stephen Covey wrote a book called the, uh, I believe it's the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? And he had this illustration at one of his, um, one of his speaking engagements. And so I, I brought this to you because I love illustrations. And so he did this in front of a class. And we're going we're gonna to talk about what it looks like in just a second. But he said, um, all of these elements, this is your life. And all of these elements are the things in your life. 
right? So, so you start by taking the things like work, kind of a big thing, right? I do this without breaking my wife's face here. <laughs> Family, right? You get that in there. Uh, maybe kids, if you have kids or, or other relationships that are really important to you. And then just sort of what, whatever else is, is, is in your life that you have that's a very high value, right? So you, so you get them in there, but there's still a lot of space in your life, right? There's still a lot of space. And so then you move on to the other things that sort of fill your life, and you start to, you know, you start to put these things in here, and, and you might add, like, I don't know, it depends on who you are. Dennis might not agree, but exercise, you know, maybe not quite a, ooh, not quite a non-negotiable, but certainly something that should be of high value. Start to put that in there. Time doing something that you love. For me, it's golf. And you start to really just like fill this space up in your life with these things that feel like they're really, really important, um, important enough that you try to fit them in. But, but there's still some space. And so what we do is we take even more stuff and we just decide, okay, I've got a little bit more space. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go ahead I'm just going to fill it up all the way to the brim. And then we look at our life and we're like, huh. And so he does this example in front of all these students. And, uh, and he, asks, he asks the student, one student says, he says, what, what's the point of this? Like, what, what am I trying to illustrate? And the student raises his hand and he said, there's always more room. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is not what I'm trying to get at, right? Typical college student. He says, you better get the big rocks in first, right? Because what am I going to do now if I have a big rock that I have to fit in there? And, and Jesus is teaching and he's saying, you know, he's saying that I want you to walk with me. I have things that I want to do with you. But so often we get to the point where we're so full that that big rock, really the, the biggest rock of all, like what are we going to do? Where, where are you going to fit that now? So you better get the big rocks in first. Take some time and reevaluate. And then the third thing is this, and this is where we're going to close. Trust God's design for your life. I know it sounds cliche and pastor speak and all of those things, but you have to trust that you really can't do everything, and so therefore you should pursue the things that you are designed to do. And some of us sometimes, we're very clear on that. There's, there's, there's times in my life where that's very clear to me, and all I need to do is re organize the things in my life to make sure that the really important things are happening. But other times, and you might be here, you're just not sure what that is. I don't know what God's design for my life is. Maybe it's because you're not familiar, you're a new Christian, or maybe it's because you just, you just don't have the clarity that you've had before, and so you're wandering a little bit going, what, what is happening? Well, that's where having some margin to seek what God has designed for you through prayer, through scripture, through community, through generosity, right? These core elements that make us who we are. And you, you stick to those things and God will make clear his design for you. So trust God's design in your life. I'm gonna pray for you guys in just a second, but let me encourage you with this. The thing that I just said, just, just, just before the illustration that I wanted you to have license to do less in order to accomplish the more important, internalize that. Do the things that we talked about today in order to achieve that. 
Let's work at creating some space and some margin in our life. Summertime can be both the most wonderful time and the most difficult time because what do we do? We fill it up, right? We think like Christmas is busy, but if you look at your schedule, every summer is full. We do more. We spend more time doing things with other people outside. Like, they're good things, but they will fill up your life if you're not careful. So take some time and evaluate, how do I need to create margin in my life? Let's pray. God, thanks for today. And we know that you have a wonderful design, that you've, that you've created us for a full life. And God, sometimes life feels like such a burden, like we just have so many things on our back. That yoke is far too heavy. And you've come along and said, go the direction I'm going, and I will give you rest. So God, I pray that we start moving in the direction with you, that we would not be so silly as to think that we can carry the burden of life by ourselves, or so silly to think that we can change the direction you're going. But God, help us to have the discernment and the dedication to go the direction you're going so that our life can be full, so that we can have more peace, better health, better relationships, so we're more available to you. God, I pray that that would be the case for each and every person in this space today. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.